Well, good morning, folks. I've been waiting on you to get here. What's taking you so long? <laughs> Just kidding, but I am really thankful that uh, God woke you up this morning, got us together, and here we are on another Sunday. And I just pray for you and your family and that everything is going well. And uh, for those that are still staying home, which is understandable, some of you need to do that, we, you need to know again, and I tell you this every week, I think every week that we've been doing this, and I'm going to keep doing it, you need to know that we, that I, love you. And I'm praying for you. So again, you know the routine that we go through on Sunday. I'm going to talk to you today about life improvement because all of us need to improve our lives. We'd like our lives to be improved a little bit, wouldn't we? Don't we? Well, sure we do. So before that message, we're going to have a communion time together and then certainly we'll have some songs and then we'll come back and get together and share God's Word with you this morning, okay? Again, we love you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Western Hills, uh, greetings from the Croft House. 
We're glad to get to share communion with you today. We just wanted to let you all know that we miss you and love you, and we're just praying for the day that we can all meet together safely soon. At this time, let us clear our minds and focus on Jesus' sacrifice. I will be reading Luke chapter 20, verse 19. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you guys would join me in prayer for the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for all that you have done for us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for the broken body and the pain that you underwent, Lord. And we just ask that you will help us always to be reverent of that and never to take it for granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's continue our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed. And, Lord, we just ask that you will be with each one of us, Lord, and just help us to just always be thankful for that. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Miss you guys. Bye. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Well, I see that you made it back, and I'm thankful that you did. Charleston Heston, you know, he's an old-time actor, of course, but back in the day when he was making the movie Ben-Hur, and some of you remember that, if not, it's okay. Well, anyway, in that movie, he had to ride this chariot with the four horses in front of him. He had never done anything like that before, so he had to take actual lessons to get this finished. 
or get this accomplished for the movie. And uh, so he took several weeks of this training, how to ride and, you know, look as though it's, everything's working correctly, ride in his chariot. After many of those weeks went by, he went to the director and he said, you know, I think we're okay now. I think I'll be all right. I think I can handle and actually uh, uh, drive these, this chariot the way it needs to be done. But he said, I do have a problem. I'm not really sure that I can win the race. And the director told him at that moment, he said, that's okay. He said, all you need to do is to stay in the race and I'll make sure that you win the race. And isn't that what God wants for us to do? Is that he just wants you and I to stay in the race because he's told us, he's told you, he's told me that I'll see to it that you will win the race. And that is true. The thing that you feed upon in your life is the thing that you become in your life. Whatever it is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so when you dwell on something, whatever that something is, it drives you in life to a level in who you've become in life. Whether you're a teenager or whether you're a young adult or getting older like me. So what you feed upon in life is what will take you to where you are in life. It's brought us here even today. Listen to the words of God from Psalms, uh, this is going to be, excuse me, from Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, as you see it on the screen there for you this morning. Listen to the words. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as you would for silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright, you and I. He is a shield to those who walk as blameless. For he guards the course of our paths of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Praise God for that scripture. So I want to talk to you today again. I want to talk to you about how we can get to from where we are to where we all really want to be. So I want to give you three things today that I believe that will help you do that life improvement. Three things. And in those three things, I want to give you three stories, personal stories. Some of them you've heard before, but the reason why I give them to you is because they've happened to me and I've seen how they've shaped my life through Scripture, through God's love, through His wonderful Word, and through that, all of that, it brings us to where we are, to where I am, actually, and to where God wants to take you as well. That's my hope today, okay? So first and foremost, start with what you have, not with what you don't have. You see, and you know this is true, for those of us that are a little bit older, there's a lot of people that want to start off with everything, People that want to start off with what their grandparents have, if you will, or their parents have. But you can't do that. You need to start with what you have, not with what you don't have. A doctor wants to be a doctor, but he can't be a doctor until he starts where he's at and takes the class, the courses, and all the other things that he needs to become that doctor. And God wants us to know that in our lives as well. But the beautiful thing is, God wants you to start or allows you to start right where you're at. 
John Burroughs said it like this years ago. He said, the great opportunity is where you are. Whether it's the student that's gone back to school, right where you're at today is where God wants you today. For the teachers, right where you're at today is the opportunity for you to be able to help take those students to the next level. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, the only thing that I would add to that statement, the greatest opportunity is where you are, is because that is where you start to become successful in your life. Again, the doctor starts off in the classroom, and then he moves through the medical school and all the training that he gets, and then he becomes this doctor that walks in and says, Hi, how are you today? Let's take a look. Let's see what we can do. Or, I'm your surgeon, and this is what we're going to do. That's because of where he started, where he was, and then God allowed to take him or took him to the place that he is today. We have to learn that in life. Let me tell you a personal example of that in my life. Learning to accept where you're at, and not what you don't have, but what you have. Deal with what you have. In the early 80s, the economy was terrible, and um, I thought it was, or it was, and so I raised my right hand, and I went in the military, and I wanted to do that because I'd always wanted to be in the military. My father had served and during World War II, and I always looked up to the military and still do, and I thank you and salute you for those that are serving. And so uh, here we are with my family, my wife, Donna, and I, with our two children, our four-year-old son, and our just week, I think six weeks old, Autumn was six weeks old. We moved to Colorado Springs, my first duty station. There we are with one car living in a little bitty apartment. But nonetheless, we were well on our way. We didn't have anything. And um, we lived from paycheck to paycheck, and that still wasn't enough. And some of you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, in the middle of that, on the way to work one day, I had a blowout on the car. I had a tire blowout. And uh, so I, I changed the tire, and I put the spare on. And, and trust me, that spare looked... Uh, just as bad as that blowout tire, except it did hold some air. And so I knew that my dad had taught me, you make sure you have a spare. And I knew I needed to get a tire if my family was going to be in that car riding around, whatever the case. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. All I had in my pocket was $10. $10, and payday was a long way off. But I needed a tire. And so I went by this store, this tire store, uh, company. It was big old tire. Never forget it. I can still see it in my mind's eye. And the big old sign out front said 90 days, same as cash. Bingo. It hit me just like that. Hey, I can do this within 90 days. Sure, I can pay $5 here, $5 there. Within the next 90 days, I can pay that $50, $60, whatever the tire was. I'm good to go. So I went inside the store, told the guy I needed a tire, and he said, no problem. Get this paperwork filled out. we get you some tires. I said, no, I only need one tire. He said, that's okay. Fill the work out. So I filled the paperwork out, and a few minutes later, I'll never forget. He said, I'm sorry, sir. He said, you don't qualify. What? I don't even qualify for one tire, not four, one. He said, no, you don't. Well, of course, I put my head down. I was embarrassed, and I went outside to the car, and I beat on a steering wheel and beat on the bench of the, of the uh, seat there and, and probably thought, I know I thought some things that I shouldn't have thought. Through my little pity party. You ever been there? Well, I did do that. Well, after a few minutes, after I threw my little pity party, I knew I still had a problem. The problem was I needed a tire. So I swallowed my pride. I went back into the store and asked the guy, I said, hey, you got any used tires? He said, oh, yeah, come on out here. Let me see what we got. 
So he looks on the rack and he said, yeah, this one will fit your car. He said, this one right here. And um, he said, this one's $15. I said, how much? $15. And I said, you got anything else? He kind of knew what was going on then, I think. And um, he said, uh, how much money you got? I said, well, man, I got $10 in my pocket. He said, oh, yeah. He said, oh, you know, he said, I'm, I, I'm sorry. He said, I thought this was 50. This one's only $5. This tire's only $5. I said, how much does it cost to put on? He said, oh, it doesn't cost anything. We'll get it put on for you in a minute. And so I left that place. And what I'm telling you, I left that place that day with $5 in my pocket, but I had learned a lesson. I had learned a lesson that God was going to take care of me. Because you see, I could have chose to just be angry and mad and drive off and, and say things and think things and do things that I shouldn't do. But I learned that God was with me, was where I was at. I had to start with what I had. Now in the past year, I've, I've been blessed enough to buy four sets of tires. One for my own self and three for others. And I don't say that to brag, but if you start where you're at, God will take you to places you never thought possible. And I only pray someday I'll be able to buy 10 sets a tire a year because they're important. So in all of that, little things add up in our life. And I want you to know that as well. In other words, don't wait for everything to be perfect to get started. Start with where you're at and God will see to it that you can get to where He wants you to be. God has always used people where they are to take them to new heights and to get His work done in His kingdom. Little things do add up. It used to be, an old, back in the day, there used to be this commercial. Uh, was about, uh, it's called Shake and Bake, a little product you put on chicken and bacon in the oven called Shake and Bake. And some of you remember it. And the, the little commercial was a little girl, and she would always say, It's Shake and Bake, and I helped. <laughs> and I just love that. I got to help. That's what she was saying there. She did her part. And the truth is, we need to do our part. A little stress added to your life every day will lead to depression, meltdown in your life. A little extra ice cream every day is going to add to your waistline, and I need to cut back. A little bit of God, a little bit of who God is in your life connected to His Word will take you to places that you never thought possible. Ephesians 3.20 that Jim Gibson read for us last week in church. Start with what you have. Start with what you have. And you'll begin to see how it is that God and what God and where God takes you. In Ecclesiastes, I use this one. This is the Living Bible Translation. I normally don't use it, but here it is for you today. If you wait for perfection or perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Because you'll never get started. If you're waiting for perfection, just start with what you have, not with what you don't have. Every day, we each of us, you and I are presented with a particular, a certain amount, a number of minutes, seconds in a day. Every one of us have the same amount. What happens in many of those moments, it's out of our control. But always remember, it's never out of God's control. God's always in control. God's covering, God's protection will always be with us. That's His promise. The Spirit of God longs to work through you and me. Your life without the Spirit is left to chance. Don't you remember the Scripture tells us that His Spirit lives within us? We'll get to that in a minute. But know this, I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
So our call is to just remain in Christ because we get the fuel, we get everything that we need. And, you know, you plant a peach tree or an apple tree or whatever, you're not going to get fruit the first year. But if you just hang in there, it'll eventually do what God has called it to do. And the same thing with your life. Start with what you have today. Number two, God knows where you are at all times and He will not let you down. That's good news. That's good to know. That's a life improvement thing is to know that God knows where you are at all the times and He will never let you down. You see, the truth is, my friend, people will let you down. I'm your minister, but I'm going to let you down. And some of you are going, hey man, that he's let me down many times. I don't mean to, but I'm human. People will let you down. But God, no, no, not our God. Let me give you a story of that personal story once again. When I was a little boy growing up, we lived in Michigan, and we were moving from one, uh, one house to another house about 10 miles away. Well, I was about second or third grade in that time frame. I had my first cousin had just come home from the Army. Boy, I looked up to him. He was my hero, no doubt about it. Well, on this particular day, my mom asked, Luther was his name, he said, Luther, could you take Lloyd, that's me, could you take him over to the other house? We need to finish stuff up here. Sure, Aunt Reen, I'll be glad to do that. But she said, on your way there, I want you to stop and get him some French fries at this little diner. Oh, I can see the white box and the crinkled fries and the little ketchup. Boy, they look good. I'd like to have some right now, actually. And uh, my mom had made me a promise that I could stop there and get it. I probably did something, picked up clothes or something, I don't know. And she made that promise. My mom always made promises, but when my mom made a promise, I knew my mom was going to keep that promise. It didn't matter for my mom. It could be 10 o'clock. If she told me during the day I was going, you going to get a spanking, that meant I was going to get a spanking. And I could be sound asleep in my bed. My mom would walk in and she'd flip the light on and she'd say, young man. I'd say, yes, mom. Didn't I promise you a spanking today? Yes, mommy. Did I give you that spanking? No, mommy. Well, okay, get up here. And she'd give me the spanking. And she'd look in my eyes and she'd tell me, now who loves you? i say, you do, mommy. And she would say, all right, that's right. I do love you. Now get back into bed. Go have a good night's sleep. She always kept her promises. Well, she certainly tried. Well, my cousin that I looked up to that was my hero, he was supposed to stop and get me french fries. And when we went through that little town, he drove right past that diner and never stopped. And I never said one word. I was crushed. From a hero to a zero like that, he was gone. Who does he think he is? I didn't get my french fries. <laughs> I never told him that story, ever. For about 40 years... That's right, 40 years go by. Now, mind you, a lot of things happen between then and then, right? And so here we are. We're at my parents' house. He happened to be visiting. And there I am, and we're, we're visiting that evening, and I tell him that story. He was crushed. He couldn't believe it. He said, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry I didn't know that. And I said, well, if you were really sorry, you still owe me some french fries. <laughs> he said, let's go, because he's a big man. All right. But in all of that, what I'm saying is people will let you down. But the good news is God won't let you down and He knows right where you're at right now. He's not letting you down. Never feel that this is it. It's over. 
God has something planned for your life. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager. It doesn't matter if you're in your 30s or in your 70s. God's got a plan for your life today. If you're high, He wants to take you higher still. Just know that. If you're low, He wants to pull you out of that as well. If you're lost today, He wants to save you today. And some people are going to sit in this church building today, this Sunday, and they're lost. They've never given their life to Christ. But the good news is God wants you saved today. And He wants you saved today as well. Are you saved? He'll save you. Call out. Cry out to Him. Listen to what He says about all of that. Being confident of this, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I love the fact is that being confident in this, Paul says, He's going to bring it to completion. And He will. If you are His child, he has something planned for your life. Now, remember I mentioned something about the Spirit living in us? Watch this verse. It's a beautiful passage. And I would encourage you to read it over and over again this week. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read about four or five verses there, starting verse 9. Watch this. However, as it is written, so it's written, that means God spoke it into His Word so that you and I could know that it's from Him. Watch, what does it say? However, it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. What God has prepared for those who love Him. You love Him, don't you? You can't even comprehend how much and what He has prepared for your life. So that means just stick with Him. Know that He knows where you're at. Know that He wants to take you somewhere. He's got a plan for your life. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. God reveals it to us through His Spirit, His Word, but also the Spirit that lives within us. Watch. The Spirit searches all things, not some things, all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? That's a little s. We all have these little spirits. But in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That's the big S. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have not received the spirit of the world. Uh-uh. But the spirit, that big as the Holy Spirit, is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Isn't it wonderful to know what God has given us? You may say, well, what has He given us? What is God to us? What is God to us in the middle of all this stuff that's going on in our world today? Is He there for us? Oh, my, 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 my friend. Yes, he is. Let me show you how much. Someone wrote it this way long ago. According to God's word, the Bible, he is God. He is everlasting. He is just. He is caring. He is holy. He is divine. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is sovereign. He is light. He is perfection. He is, uh, um, he is abundance. He is salvation. He is wisdom. He is love. He is the creator. He is the savior. He is the deliverer. He is the redeemer. He is the provider. He is the healer. He is their advocate. And he is our friend. Never forget that he lives within you. He's the Lord of lords, the King of kings, almighty God, the great God, the great I am lives in me. And you say, I say, hallelujah. Thank you. God knows where you're at. And God knows where He wants to take you. And He will never let you down, my friend. You may never understand all of that, but you need to get up every morning and know that He lives within you. Because you can say like Paul said long ago, I can do, you can do, 
we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Give me an amen. Amen? All right. Very good. Finally, number three, and we'll be finished. Knowing that the past is not your future will help you move forward and gain the victory. I know that's a long title there, but knowing that your past is not your future. Because somebody out there that I'm talking to this morning, you know this is the truth. Your past, you've allowed yourself to be attached to your past, which was pretty ugly, pretty ugly, real ugly, very ugly, and you've never let it go, have you? Don't you think it's time to let it go? Remember the song, let it go, let it go. Yeah? You cannot hold on to your past and win the victory in Jesus Christ. Because your eyes will be taken off the goal, which Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. God is a, a, God is a God of fr in front of you. He's out front. He's leading. If you're looking over your shoulder, you're looking in the wrong direction. There's a reason why the windshield on your car is much bigger than the little bitty rearview mirror. There's a reason. It is because the most of your driving is done forward. And our lives are to be lived forward, seeking God in all that we do. There's a reason for that. When the devil brings up your past and it starts to eat at you a little bit, you just need to remind him of your future in Christ Jesus. Give me an amen. All right. Oftentimes people, oftentimes, oftentimes people stay behind when God is calling them forward. They just get lost in their, their days. Kind of like Groundhog Day. Remember the movie? It's the same day over and over and over and over again. Don't let your yesterday be your today all over again. Let it go. Live today for the Lord. I'll give you a scripture that changed my life. And I've shared this with you before. But it comes out of Luke chapter 9, verse number 62. You can see it on the screen there, I think. There was a gentleman that read this. His name was um, Truett Adair years ago, 30 plus years ago now. I'll never forget it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I had read it before, but it never touched me like that. It simply reads, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. It doesn't say that he's kicked you out of the kingdom of God. It means you're not fit for the service in the kingdom of God. But when that man read it, this is how I heard it. it. I just simply read it. Harley, when you set your hand to do what I've called you to do, if you keep looking back at all your mistakes, all your failures, all the things that you couldn't do, all the problems, all the struggles that you have, you're going to take your eyes off of me. And when you take your eyes off of me, Harley, you're not going to be of very much service to me and my kingdom. And I will tell you from that day forward, that changed my... You ask my wife, she will tell you, it changed me. Changed me deeply. That's one of my favorite, favorite verses because it changed me. People who get caught up in their past, good or bad, lose the value of the future. If you're lost in your past, my friend, of the things that you've done, things that you've said, marriages that went wrong, you know, alcoholism or drug problems in the past or whatever it may have been, in Christ Jesus, you have forgiveness. And if you've asked God to forgive you of those things, God has set a clean slate over you. Let it go. 
I'll tell you, this is my third example, personal example, and we'll be finished here in just a couple minutes. When my family moved, Don and I and their two kids moved from Kentucky to Texas, 30 plus, 30, about 32 years, 33 years ago now, I think. Um, the church that we were attending at the time in Kentucky was not very nice to us when we left. They had heard about the church that we were moving to, and they looked it up, and they saw that they felt was a little aggressive. They had a youth minister, and that was no way. They had a kitchen. Oh, my gosh, you cannot do that. And they let into me. And it hurt me deeply. In fact, before I left, one of the gentlemen, I'll never forget it, stood at the door and said, you're pitching your tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. That hurt me deeply again. And I carried that with me for a year and a half, maybe two years. And I couldn't let it go. But better yet, I should say, I chose not to let it go. I didn't want to let it go. But when I finally gave it over to God and I asked God to forgive me for the feelings that I had, the hurt that I had was carrying, that He didn't want me to carry, and the thoughts that I had of other people. When I asked God to forgive me, He changed my spirit. And I will tell you, as a changed man, that's when I became free, you see. I became free and the things began to take off in my life. And things just opened up. It was just like when you walk up to the store and then those automatic doors and they just open up. I will promise you that's when it all just opened up. And God says, now I can use you in my kingdom. God's awesomeness is new every morning, my friend. Rise up every morning and embrace it and celebrate it because God has something for your life. He does. Listen to Scripture. It's one of my favorites this week. All right? Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Oh, my goodness. When I read that, I had to write this. When I read that again and again and again, I had to write this. I simply said, I believe that when we all came into this world, we all did basically the same thing. We all took a deep breath and we cried ah, into a parent that is music to our ears, isn't it? Sure it is. But I also believe that it is a praise song to God, the giver of life here and now. May we, you and I, never forget to sing His praises for what He's done in our lives. I am convinced of this, though, in this past stuff. I am convinced that the most common stronghold in a person's life is his past mistakes and failures because that's the things that Satan will always bring up. You did. You said. You were. And they eat at us. And as long as you dwell on them, they will literally rob you of your hope and the joy of the future that God wants you to have, my friend.
Knowing that your past is what you were, not what you are now. Not what you are is important. Important if you want to improve your life. In Colossians chapter 1, you can see it there on the screen and the power that it finds. You and I were separated from God, but He loved us so much that He brought us back together through His Son, Jesus the Christ, on the cross. You see, it always comes back to the cross. You can't skip the cross. You can't go under the cross. You can't go around the cross. You've got to stand underneath the cross where you receive the forgiveness of your sins. He wants you to know that with Him, you're here today for a reason. Your yesterday is over. Your sins of yesterday can be forgiven if you just give them to the Lord and trust Him to do what He said He would do with them through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your life can improve if you choose for it to. Oh yes, it can. If you're willing to give it over to Jesus, it can improve as well. And I believe that you want an improved life, don't you? If you have your life, can improve more. Even today, you're on this life's journey with God and, and things are going great, you might be saying in your life. Well, wonderful, but know with God there's always greater things to come. He wants us to live a life and live it full. And knowing His Word will help us accomplish that in our lives. And so I pray for your life, your family, but I pray that you live it to its fullest that God wants you to have in your life. Let's pray together. Okay? Father, thank you once again for being the awesome God that you are. Thank you for giving us life, for giving us that first breath, for the cry out that was a song to our parents' ears, but also a song of praise to you, Father. Thank you so much for forgiving us, redeeming us through the blood of Jesus Christ, bringing us into your kingdom with a purpose. And help us to start with where we're at, Father. Because if we'll just start, you'll see to it that we will get to where you want us to be. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for allowing us to be in your kingdom. Help us to improve our lives every day by staying in your word and knowing that you live within us. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, my friend. I pray that you've been blessed today. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
lonely heart.